Hopefully. Um, apologize to our audience in advance. We are both still sick. Yes. And uh, hopefully the sound of our voice is not annoying to you. We sound great. And hopefully I don't cough at all. I feel it. It's like right there constantly. <laughs> so, yeah, we're off to a good start. That's all right. This movie's going to be so fun to talk about. We're going to forget about being sick. <coughs> You sneezed instead of cough? Yeah, I thought <laughs> I'd switch it up on everybody. Oh, boy. Oh. Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. I'm Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me is my wonderful wife, Caitlin. Hello, all. And this week, we are talking about the 1998 film, Six String Samurai. It was not the movie that I had planned on us doing, but um, when they take the movie that you wanted to do off of streaming, uh, shame, shame. You go to the unwatched movie section on your shelf and you <laughs> pick one out that you think will be terrible and fun. <laughs> I don't think many people have an unwatched movie shelf, let alone a movie shelf of. Movies that could potentially be terrible. Yeah, that's true. I'd agree with that. But more homes should have that. More homes should have bad movies or... Yeah. Bad movie movie shelves. Both. I mean, I take pride in our schlocky movies that people would say are terrible (laughs) and would say, why did you buy that? Which I did say after watching this movie. You did say that after <laughs> this, and I did not know how to respond to you because <laughs> you see half the movies that I buy. Yes, this was a interesting choice you made. Yeah, but it was also kind of great. <laughs> it was something. Uh, this movie was directed by Lance Mungia, Mungia. And written by Lance and the star, Jeffrey Falcon. And it stars Jeffrey Falcon and Justin McGuire and a bunch of other people who really aren't that important because no no one in this movie went on to do anything notable. Uh, The director had not directed a movie. This movie came out in 1998. And the next movie he directed was The Crow, Wicked Prayer, which came out in 2005. Okay. So hopefully that gives you an idea of uh, what people did after these movies. Um, Actually, I think the most famous person to work on this movie was the composer, Brian Tyler, because he went on to do, like, Iron Man 3 and Law Abiding Citizen and a bunch of other, like, blockbusters. Which is, like, crazy. 
in my opinion. And Falcon didn't go on to do anything? No, this is the last movie he was in. Oh, really? Um, He had been in a bunch of Hong Kong movies prior to this. Huh. Uh, that was his kind of, like, what he did with his life. So, uh, Rape in Public Sea, Happy Partner, Prince of the Sun, Outlaw Brothers, um, Operation Pink Squad as Caucasian Killer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's weird because he looked familiar to me. I thought that he did too. And you know what it is? I think it's because he looks a lot like Guy Pierce. Yeah, I could see that. That's the closest I got to it. Uh, yeah, this movie was supposed to kick off a trilogy of sorts. Hmm. And it did not because it did not even make back a quarter of its budget. Ooh. Which is kind of sad. A lot of people put a lot of hope into this movie. Oh. And it had a higher budget than Mad Max. No. Yeah. The original Mad Max with Mel Gibson. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The budget of this movie was $2 million. It was supposed to be a student film. They originally planned on shooting it for $25,000 on weekends. They still shot it on weekends, but they got hooked up with a production company who gave them a bunch of money, and they used all of it wow so and the reason i compare it to mad max is because this movie is like mad max but like rockabilly yeah it's like if buddy holly was in mad max along with jerry lewis and slash from guns and roses (sighs) now you just made me depressed why that this movie had that big of a budget and it didn't do so hot. Yeah. I kind of feel bad about it, but I mean, right. I guess like I'm glad that it's getting credit now. Yeah. Is it? I mean, a little bit. Okay. Uh, there are people who do not like it, but I mean, what else is new in right. the world? But I think this movie could very easily have a cult following of sorts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's going to get like the the sequel 30 years later (laughs) treatment like a lot of movies are getting, but Mm -hmm. at least it's seeing the light of day in Mm -hmm. a crisp 4k HDR presentation, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Hopefully they're getting some royalties from people buying the movie again. Yeah. Um, there was a documentary about the making of the movie on the disc, but we did not get a chance to watch it because we're, cramming movies back to back again this weekend so you get to listen to our beautiful sick voices twice yeah caitlin let's talk about what we liked about this movie do you want to go first i loved the music in this movie i thought the music was um a lot of fun and it was like really well done it went well with the scenes it was kind of like i don't know the word kind of wonky (laughs) like kind of weird music kind of like you know maybe like something you wouldn't necessarily expect in a film like this but i thought the music was 
phenomenal and there's not a lot of dialogue in this film so you definitely needed music to carry it out and I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah, a lot of the music in this is done by, I mean, apart from like the composer stuff, a lot of the music is performed by the Red Elvises mm-hmm. or just Red Elvises. There's some kind of rockabilly band. I, I don't, is that a genre? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they were the band that show up at the beginning of the movie in the bar mm-hmm. where they everybody's like, oh, they got nice shoes. Right. And, uh, the only thing I didn't like about the music is it was so constant that it felt like it was building to something and then like it never relaxed. It was kind of like <laughs> when you watch Dunkirk and it's just constantly building, 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 building. And you're like, oh, just slow down for like two seconds, please. <laughs> um, which like at the beginning of the movie, that was fine because it just kind of throws you right into the action. But the rest of it is... Uh, I don't know. It kind of got stressful. You think so? Yes. I thought it did a good job of just keeping you out of, like, the whole movie was kind of, um, the whole movie was kind of, like, tension-driven, though, and kind of, like, you couldn't really get comfortable in it. And I feel like, the music did a good job portraying that. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they did a phenomenal job with I'm it. I'm not saying that like I didn't enjoy the music. It just right. there were some parts where I was like where I wanted them to just kind of quiet just shh <laughs> for a second. Okay. The whole premise of the movie is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Because uh it is very Mad Max-esque, but it's like an Americanized Mad Max. It's like, all right, the Russians attack in 1957. The whole country is nuclear fallout. And in a weird sort of way, I feel like we would make Elvis our king. <laughs> uh, and so everyone's rushing to Las Vegas because, you know, where else is the king going to live? <laughs> to replace him after he dies. Even death, as the title card says, which was weird. Yes. I I, I don't... Yeah, I didn't really know what to make of that. No, not at all. The fact that death was a personified individual. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, and also in a, a world in which everybody walks around with a sword and a guitar... Death's minions had bow and arrows. <laughs> that was also weird. <laughs> uh, this movie did not do anything to help us with our hatred of children in movies. <laughs> did not like that kid. I thought this kid was funny. No. Oh, <laughs> this kid. It, this kid d- definitely... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he is more annoying than the kid from House by the Cemetery, but he gave him a run for his money. <laughs> I thought he was kind of funny. He reminded me of a little rascal. No. <laughs> I just wanted him to trip the whole time. Aww. And then, like, 
as soon as the kid showed up, I was like, oh, is this going to be one of those like where the lone wolf has to learn to love the little kid mm-hmm. because he's never had a companion before type thing? And yes, that's exactly what this movie <laughs> is. The kid was annoying when he just screamed, though. Yeah. I wish that I could recreate his scream without blowing my ears out. Right. But it was... It was like... Yeah, I mean, that's probably the closest thing that we're going to get to it. You're welcome. The, uh, yeah. What else did you like about it? Let's keep going. Come on. Well, I quite enjoyed the rockabilly vibes in it. That was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Yes. It was definitely hot take here, but better than Mad Max. To be fair, we've only seen Fury Road, though. Right. And you did not care for it. Right. And it's one of the greatest action movies of all time. No. But this was definitely better than Mad Max Fury Road, for sure. And I really liked the guy who plays Buddy. Um, I thought he was a really fun actor. And I enjoyed that he always held on to a very broken umbrella. There was just like like little things like that that I just appreciated about the movie. I liked that his sword was taped onto his guitar. Yeah, that was awesome. There was just little little things that they did like that, and I was like, this movie's pretty good, pretty clever. Once you get past the fact that this posits a world in which the Russians attack and and everybody surviving carries around a guitar and a sword with them. Once you get past that fact, it's, I mean, it's a pretty solid and well thought out movie where the world is logical for the events that have happened. Yeah. Unlike alien from LA where they're just like plaid tuxedos. (laughs) That's what everyone wears. Plaid tuxedos. Um, I quite enjoyed the, the child being kid. Well, not kidnapped, but how Buddy gave the kid over to that family and they cooked him or attempted to cook him. Yeah, I don't really know what was up with that. I don't understand anything that happened in that scene or why that family was the way that they were, but I loved it. To be fair, if someone asked me questions about this movie, I don't think that I would be able to answer many of them. No, for sure. I don't understand what I watched. Like the windmill people? Yeah. Nope. Like why do they look like they have spacesuits on? <laughs> but then like why does some of the windmill people live underground? And how did that tag your it kid get from one place to the other when I thought that he blew up with the bar? Question mark. All good questions. Also, where did the Red Elvis's shoes go after that scene where Death took the shoes? Um, well, Death has the shoes. But the Death wasn't wearing the shoes in any of the other scenes in the movie. He traded them for a samurai sword. But he had a samurai sword at the beginning. Right, he traded it for an upgrade. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just helping this movie along. Yeah. That it's little things like that that you just kind of uh, question. But like also, if the world devolved into chaos and a nuclear wasteland, I could easily see a lot of 
the things happening, like people putting nets on their head because they're part of a gang or something. Right. I, I don't know. I liked the family who kind of just acted like nothing had changed. But like they were clearly crazy. Right. And like knew that things had changed, but they right. just ignored it. Yeah. Or they just were they broken by the trauma of nuclear fallout? That's what I'm thinking. I also can't remember how many years it had been. Like 30? Like what did this take place in real time? Like was this was this 1997 in the movie? So 30 40 years? Well, if Elvis was still king, I mean if Elvis he died when? I don't know, but I think this posits a world in which, which he didn't he die on the toilet. Well, then I don't know. I don't know what decade it is. But look at the cars that they had. Those are like 50 styles cars. Yeah, I think I think once the bombs went off, like... They stopped making cars. Good yeah, point. Good I mean, point. the world just halted <laughs> right. in the 50s. Right. Which is why everybody's got oversized suits and tuxedos and yeah. Buddy Holly guitars and... I'm going to pretend that. that it does take place in 1997. Okay. You know what I thought was a, what I really enjoyed? Hmm. When he fights the Kami army at the end and the one guy yells, we have guns, why don't we shoot them? <laughs> and the guy's like, we haven't had bullets in 30 years. <laughs> that was clever. Yeah, I was like... Uh, I. As soon as I saw them with guns, I was like, yeah, why aren't they shooting him? Like, they should just... Why is everybody fighting with swords in this movie? What is this, the Dune universe? (laughs) Uh, No, they just... They don't have bullets. Right. That's clever. I mean, I'm glad that they gave us an explanation for it. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the explanation made sense. But also, why did Russian... Why were the Russians here if they used nuclear bombs on America. Well, here's what I thought was going on. So I'm kind of confused. I thought that Las Vegas was the only America free land and everything else was kind of Russia owned. No, I think Russia launched nukes and it destroyed all of America. But because... Las Vegas is like the center of everything. They that's why it's built up. Are you sure? That's my understanding of things at the beginning. I during the title took thing. a different approach to that. Yeah, I'm picking up on that. <laughs> so I think we watched two different movies. I think we did. Okay. Well, this will be interesting. I'm gonna go with Russia owned everything except for Las Vegas. Yeah, but like, why weren't there more Russians in other places that they went? Like, in the bars or like... Those were, like... I mean, you don't know that they weren't Russian. Yeah, but they the movie did, (laughs) like, went over the top with people being Russian. Okay, well, it was maybe just like, like... They didn't know about them. They just were unaware. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't pull calls in my it wonderful It seemed like place. the Russian army that he fought at the end, like they 
They seemed like they were left behind. Okay, then, Mr. Smarty Pants, why were the Russian army there? That that's what I'm asking. I don't know. <laughs> why would you put why would you send in a Russian army if you knew that you were gonna launch nukes? Why would you kill your own people? I guess they're crazy. They kill their own people. Apparently. I don't I don't understand anything. I mean, it made for a very interesting movie and Yeah. That it did. I guess they felt the need to show that Buddy could take on 200 people and live, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. What do you mean, kind of? He walked away. Yeah, but then he, like, it weakened him yeah. before he fought death and died. Well. How did you, why like... Why did he end up in Oz? I mean, I think that was Las Vegas, I don't know why Las Vegas looked like Oz. It looked just like Oz. I mean, that was intentional. I don't know why. But I, there was a lot of Wizard of Oz imagery in this. Yeah. Now that I think about it. The yellow brick road. Yeah. they Everybody's answer is follow the yellow brick road. And I guess the windmill people kind of look like flying monkeys during that one scene. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Didn't even think about that until now. I think they might have stolen some ideas from The Wizard of Oz. They may have (laughs) borrowed one or two ideas from The Wizard of Oz. Like, I mean, especially death melting at the end. Right, right. That was... that. Everything I watched in this movie, I was like, this is weird. And then (laughs) I was kind of on board with everything. And then that's how death died. And I said, okay. You <laughs> are literally just recreating a mashup of Mad Max and The Wizard of Oz. In 1950s. Right. Style. Yeah. That was strange. Strange or brilliant? Uh, secretly brilliant. <laughs> this movie is a secret masterpiece. Uh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Did it have anything to say about anything? No, absolutely not. What are this you talking is... about? It's clearly a commentary on the music industry going downhill. Yeah, you nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's only working at 50%. It's the best I could do. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. 50, <laughs> you know what? You get 50% praise. Yes. Thank you. Is there anything you didn't like about the movie? Um, well, I mean, I feel like maybe it could have been a little bit more clear. I don't know with, what needed to be more clear. <laughs> with like the reasonings behind things, that would have been nice. Um, I really, really was actually disappointed we didn't get to see like Elvis. Like I was also LA. disappointed about that. Like, you got all these other people who are supposed to be lookalikes for rock legends. Right. But you're not going to have Elvis. Right. Disappointment. Right. Underpromised. Yeah. So that was probably my biggest disappointment in the movie. Um, and, I mean, the kid was, was annoying at times. Um, but... I mean, other than that, pure gold. 
Yeah. Yeah. Four stars. Five stars. Caitlin says, check it out. <laughs> what, uh, what, did, what did you not like? Uh, the kid. I just really yeah. didn't like that kid. Yeah. Um, I, you know what I thought was impressive? What? Is uh, the martial arts in the movie. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, Jeffrey Falcon did all of his own stunts. That's crazy. He's credited as the stunt coordinator on this movie. Wow. And he actually apparently knows real martial arts because he was asked to go to Hong Kong and make movies and stuff. Wow. Based on martial arts. So that's pretty cool. Good for him. I think at one point in his career, he went to China and was studying under some monks. Wow. Which is like a really big deal because he's a white guy. Right. Uh, so, you know, that was impressive. And I would like to see a world in which he had done more I know. martial arts stuff. Was he like spending time with his family or something? Or I like... could not find anything. Oh, man. Nothing? I don't know what he's doing. Is he alive? That much I do know is true. Maybe. <laughs> maybe he's in China still. I don't know. That maybe. was in like 2000 that I saw that. Hmm. So I don't know. Interesting. Maybe we need to watch the documentary on the disc and see if he shows up in it. Yeah. Although I don't, I didn't see him in the credits on, on IMDb. So mm. not a good sign. If anybody listening to this knows where in the world is Jeffrey Falcon? Tell us. We want to know what he's up to. Jeffrey Falcon, if you're listening to this, please let us know you're alive. He probably wanted to distance himself <laughs> from this movie as far as he could after people didn't care for it. A lot. Come but, on. But, I mean, it's getting credit now, so... Right, like, so come back. Yeah, be happy about it. Right, come back. That's all I got to say about that. So that was all you didn't like? Was like the child? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, it got a little repetitive whenever they like stole the motorcycle and then stole the car. And, you know, it just kind of... Mm -hmm. uh, I wish that there had been like some more building to things. Building to what? Um, Well, like establishing a relationship with him and the kid. I mean, I thought that like mm. the brush strokes were there, but it didn't really... Like, I didn't really buy it, it, other than, like, that was what the movie told me had to happen. Um, yeah, like, it, maybe he could have taught him a scene, like, a, like a, a, mar a martial arts skill. Yeah, and then he could use it on the tag you kid. Right. That kid was more annoying than the other kid, For sure. actually. So, you know. What did you think about the gumball scene? That was weird right uh, the one of the marauders or attacking people they just kind of throw gumballs at them and they eat them <laughs> like mounds of gumballs yeah and like they open up the car door and gumballs just fall out <laughs> that was strange it's like eating it like an apple yeah what in what world can you just like pick up a gumball and just bite into it like that? That was supposedly probably as hard as a rock because it's been probably years since they were made. Yeah. <laughs> is like is in this world is like gum gum a form of 
like weapon. <laughs> but know. is it like only for this gang? Are they like the gumball gang? <laughs> the gumball gang, probably. And they attack people with gumballs. Yeah, that's that's probably true. I mean, in this world, it would not surprise me. Right, they're known as the gumball gang. But then you got we... death and his gang establish that i don't i don't know i wish that there had been more gangs just kind of running around or like we had gotten to see more of the people who were going to las vegas to take over as king yeah that would be interesting but the other thing is what what is their process of selecting the king once they get there like do they have to put on a concert is is there a voting system i like to think that they have to put on a concert that's why everyone had their guitars yeah, I mean that. I think that is plausible because he said he had to, he had a gig in Las Vegas. I mean, or that could be clever writing for I have to get to Las Vegas to be king. But uh, at the same time, I still want to know like like who who becomes king now. Mm-hmm. Like, are we supposed to imply that that kid? learned how to play the guitar through osmosis or something like now that he has the clothes he can summon the spirit of buddy i i don't know well i mean death was clearly killed so he can't be king right and death killed everybody i don't think buddy buddy killed everybody well why did that kid take his clothes then (laughs) I I don't think Buddy died. He was walking into the Wizard of Oz land. But he disappeared. But he was he was his body was on the ground with arrows in his back, and then suddenly there was no body in the clothes. He pulled an Obi Wan Kenobi and he disappeared. Then explain why he was walking into the Wizard of Oz land. Because he was walking in spirit with the kid. No, I don't think so. I think he like it's like a like a video game thing and he got another <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. I think that's what happened. No. I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm pretty sure we watched two yeah, different movies. <laughs> that's what I'm starting to think. I I'm no, nah, he didn't die. You can't convince me of that. His body disappeared. <laughs> After sustaining several arrows to the back. Nah, it was like a video game. All the battle damage. Right, and then he had like a life in reserve, you know, and he was like, oop, now I'm I'm back. What is this, Scott Pilgrim versus the world? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) no. Yeah. Otherwise, why would he be walking to Wizard of Oz Vegas? Because he was with the kid in spirit. Because the kid took his guitar and his sword and his clothes and his glasses. No. You're crazy if you Mm. think anything else. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. What movie did you watch? (laughs) What movie did you watch? I'm starting to think you fell asleep during this movie. I watched you fall asleep in this movie. <laughs> no, I didn't. You did. No. <laughs> How come I can remember everything then? Except for the ending. No, I I just told you what the ending is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's uh Did you pull any dating advice from this? Oh morning? gosh. What do you think? So many gold nuggets. Well, here's my dating advice. Don't visit a prostitute in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Well, that should be common sense. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, Uh, marry somebody that you would be okay with if you were in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, you nailed that. Yeah. Marry somebody that you could survive in the post-apocalyptic world with. Arguably, that should be your only criteria for dating. Right. Find someone you know will survive anything. Yeah. And you better, like, really like them because you're not going to have, like, TV or books or whatever to keep you guys distracted. And don't make sure or make sure that you don't both go crazy and kidnap children to eat. Right. (laughs) Right. So you're going to probably want them to take a couple tests before you date them. You're going to want them to take like a psychiatric test. So you know if they're if they're crazy. You're probably going to want to take them some to take have them take some type of like agility test. See if they can like survive. I'm going to have you do the presidential fitness exam <laughs> for me. <laughs> and then if they pass those tests, you may proceed to marry them. Okay. This is, this is my advice. Do you like it? Uh, yes. Uh, all I can think about <laughs> right now is how you and I just keep having a constant conversation while watching Squid Game about how terrible we would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you married the wrong person if you want me to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. Oh, you married the wrong person for that, too. Right. I say we just go out together. We should. Uh, Thelma and Louise style. We'll yeah. just, you know. Whoop. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Deal. Pinky so, promise. Yeah. So you can also do that. You can find somebody who just going to drive off a cliff with you. Yeah. Either way, I think the, the takeaway that you're trying to give everyone is uh, make sure you're on the same page. Right. You want to be, because, you know, you don't want, like, you know, your husband to be like, I want to survive this. And you're like, mm, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the bomb would have taken me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's my dating advice for you. Well, thanks. All you listeners out there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think people enjoy our dating advice? I don't or know. do you think people like get to this point in the show and, and they're like, like <laughs> done? Um, I think I give great dating advice, so if you don't like it, then poo on you. All right. But... You heard it here first. Poo <laughs> on you. <laughs> if you don't like it, I guess you can comment and I'll stop. But I, I think mean, I have great dating advice. Everyone I mean, should listen to me. I share it every week, either the question or the advice. That's right. And uh, get lots of promoted on at underscore reality records. <laughs> Thanks, at underscore reality records. I'm not going to, but I appreciate your enthusiasm every time I post something on Instagram. 
I do have a question for you. It's not dating related though. That's but fine. it's this movie related. Um, okay. If like like do you think if your game plan would be like to stay home if like like let's say another country came over here and just start attack attacking um like America. like attacking in what way like is this a red dawn situation or is this like a hiroshima situation like they are just pillaging through the lands and killing people so there are boots on the ground yes the koreans are coming to get us right they uh or Russians, depending on which era of Red Dawn you're watching. Right. And uh, they're just sweeping their way across the the country. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, okay. I've thought about this before. Okay. <laughs> I think I would shelter in place. Like, would you go out and get supplies, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would definitely go out and get supplies. Okay. But, I mean, at this point, you got to realize that it's going to be every man for himself. Everybody's right. taking everything. Right. Um, so, I would hope that I could go out and get us supplies and survive. Right. Um, otherwise, I am not going to be coming back. <laughs> right. And then you're going to leave me here with the dogs? Ugh. I'm going to be honest. The dogs are going to be a liability <laughs> in this I world. Know, I know. But like you can't, what are you going to, you know? But that's, I mean, that's why I would try to stay here as right. long as I could. Right. Because you don't want to travel. You're going to be like those homeless people that you see in Lynchburg with the dog right. running around. You know, you feel bad for the dog, but right. you know, you don't know what they're doing. Right. Well, I think that's a pretty good plan. I think you should be. <laughs> oh, I just had a weird flashback. Uh, you should be prepared to just never see your family again if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think a mistake that people in these movies make is trying to go to catch up with their family. Right. Like I, I'm right. sorry. Like you, you know, I, I know that they're your loved ones and that you miss them, but you got to think about yourself. Right. I got to think about it. you. You're like, you're there. But, right. you know, our immediate family, they're, they're hours away. Right. So, yeah, you pretty much just have to. I mean, where else would you go, you know? You want to, like, all go to your parents' house or something? I don't want to be with your parents no. in a <laughs> <Just laughs> Red like, Dawn situation. Like, is that, like, what people, they're like, let's all meet up at one house type thing? I think if the government was capable, they would have like shelters set up so you mm. could like try to get there. Mm. That might be safe. But at the same time, you got to ask yourself, like, is it worth it? Like how close, how far away is it? Right. All the major cities, they're going to be gone immediately. Right. And I, I mean, you know, I don't know if we're that close to a major city. Like, I don't know how major our city is, uh -huh. but I mean, I feel like it'd be up there. Right. Yeah, definitely. People well, in the middle of the country where it's flat, oh, you're they're probably fine. Well, you're fine until they come. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got 
you got to think they're going to attack the major cities first. Right. So, like, if you're out in, like, Nevada, you're probably, I mean, not unless you're in Las Vegas. Like, right. you're probably fine. Right. Or Wyoming. Well, now I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really uplifting I know. But, you know, it's good to prepare for these things. Yeah. Because you never know. I hope that people listen to this and that <laughs> it starts a conversation with their spouse to put right. an action plan together. Right. Because, I mean, you don't know. You don't know. And we rely so heavily on technology. I mean, I like, 1957, like, they were fine because they were, you know, they still had to depend on themselves. Right. Pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. That guy, when... Here was something I thought was weird. Hmm. So, you know how he kept saying that he needed a ratchet to fix the car? Yeah. And then he just kind of left the car there. And then that family said, oh, windmill people, we're going to take the car. Right. And then he used the ratchet on the cigarette lighter. Right. And it started. (laughs) Yeah. That was a weird choice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, maybe it was meant to be funny, but it was still (laughs) so absurd. It was funny. <laughs> I just, I could not handle that scene. <laughs> I could not handle that moment. It happened and I was exasperated. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely in your survival kit, you're going to want to put a ratchet. It could start cars. Yeah. Through the cigarette later. Right. Make sure you get a ratchet, an umbrella, a sword, and a guitar. And you will be fine. I think every I think uh, having a sword is a very good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because you know you don't have to get ammo and stuff for it, so we should probably buy some swords. Yeah, hang them up on the wall. Yes. Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's hope our head doesn't get accidentally chopped off by it. Yeah. Good reference. <laughs> I was thinking about it, but you went there. <laughs> the The only thing that you'd have to worry about in that instance. Is that you would have to hope that you could survive long enough that everyone else would use up all of their bullets. Right, right. But I mean, no, I'm saying like have a gun too. But then worst case scenario, you're out of bullets, you can use your sword. Yeah. And if you carry around a guitar with a sword, then you have something to swing at people and cut people with. And entertain yourself with. That's true. Every You... you Entertainment is going to be very important. In, yeah. in and the, if you had a guitar with you, maybe you could pay. I mean, you can have people pay you to play for them because maybe they'll be bored and you'll be like, well, if you don't want to be bored, give me a box of ammo and I'll sing you a song. This conversation's <laughs> taking a very <laughs> weird turn. I think it was a great idea. This isn't the... This isn't bad movie day night anymore. It's the <laughs> how to survive apocalypse. It's the post apocalyptic survival cast. <laughs> we just became. We just got targeted as some kind of right wing <laughs> doomsday prepping podcast. Oh boy! So now we're going to talk about bad movies, dating, and doomsday prepping. That's right. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> buckle up. That's the future of these podcasts. You guys are in for a treat. 
look forward to the episodes in which we talk about dating in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world. Right, because you still have to find your person. Right. Despite you know, the post-apocalyptic You didn't world. make it before the bombs flew. Right. So how do you survive in a uh, future? <laughs> Uh, how do you find love in the future? Because, I mean, he was clearly still looking for it, trying to find his woman in a in a bar. Yeah. That was... Uh, yeah, this took a really weird turn. <laughs> I think I'm going to wrap us up. All right. Do, do you have anything else that you want to finish and say? No, it was a great movie. Everyone should go watch it. Yeah. So this movie deserves more credit than it gets. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, in the world of post-apocalyptic movies, this one should be a must-watch. Is it weird? Yeah. They do some weird stuff at the beginning that's was done on purpose because of like how the way that Hong Kong movies were formatted when they come over. Uh, don't really have the time to explain it, but if you see it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It, it's like that on purpose. Um, I think that the acting is passable. Um, no, the acting was great. The acting is pretty good. Uh, great. No story is interesting. With the acting, they are phenomenal actors in this movie. It, it the guy's a little. It 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 took me a minute to like kind of get into it. No, I loved it. Okay, loved it. Why are you making that face? Because at me? I'm disgusted that you would even say that the acting wasn't anything less than great. I mean, quality, top notch acting. I thought that the family was a little weird, that little they off. were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, in they were almost like too hammy. No, they were supposed. No, stop. Okay. No. Okay. We're. You're I picked a bad time to bring this up. <laughs> um, it's a good story great story tale as old as time mm -hmm. the martial arts are uh pretty decent for a white guy they're great again i mean it's not john wick with the action but i mean the martial arts are cool and right. he does a good job and it's not cheesy no. at all no. i thought i was like for a movie about a guy that looks like buddy holly doing martial arts like this is gonna be cheesy but like no it's uh very serious very uh fun mm-hmm and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, me too. Is this going to go on your top 10? No. Okay. Is Same. it going on yours? No. All right. Haven't had one of those movies in a while. Yeah. Thank you for listening. As always, we're going to encourage you, our audience, to hit that subscribe button. Click. In Apple Music. Oh, that doesn't say Apple music. Apple Music. Why would this be in Apple Music? Apple Podcasts is where you can find this. Uh, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts because we don't want you to miss an episode. We might recommend some other good movies for you to watch, like Six String Samurai. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Film, or head over to TeePublic and check out some sweet merch. Links for those are available in the show notes. And as always, never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. See you next time.